Welcome to the Blue Collar Nation podcast, the podcast dedicated to making the lives of blue collar business owners better. Before we start the show, may we ask you for a quick favor. Eric and Larry work very hard at delivering the best free content possible. Please help them out by going to iTunes and subscribing, and please leave them a five-star review. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and peers. Now, on to the show. Eric and I had the privilege of going to the Violins Executive Summit, and we met some of the top service businesses in the country there that we were able to interview and glean some great information from them that we're going to bring to you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this series from the Violins Executive Summit. And we have Chuck Violin with us today at the Violin Executive <laughs> Summit. <laughs> We're so excited to be here. The, the running joke I is can Larry tell. can never remember the name of this <laughs> or anything else for that and matter. I, and they were telling me earlier, like I should have known. And I'm like, how do you know so well? And they like, look right up there. They're okay. sitting and looking at it. Yeah, exactly. So I cheated a little bit. But as always, it's a pleasure having you with us, Chuck. Great being with you guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think this is like your fourth or fifth visit on the, on the show. I love it. Yeah. I love it. We love having you. So. We're at the Executive Summit, and you know we've had a lot of people that are going to be coming, have been on, and said, you know, this is my tenth year, this yeah. is my fifteenth year, whatever. But I think the the real interesting thing would be the origin story of how it started and and how you got this going because this is rare. And I'm sure how seventeen years, eighteen years, yeah, eighteen, something? yeah. I mean, it was really rare then. Oh yeah. Oh, back at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how did you get there? How did you come up with the idea and then the implementation? We'd love to hear about that. Well, that's, uh, that's going back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, what, what, at that time, Eric, I was a, a solo operator. I was, yeah. It was just me doing the consulting, and I had an office manager. Yeah. And she was very talented at, uh, at what she did, very organized. And... When I was working with my clients, what had become apparent to me was that the challenges that they were facing were really beyond a lot of what I knew, my skill set. Right. But I knew this facility was here, and I knew the I knew the resource that it was, and they did a lot of Fortune 500 training here. So b- before we, get, so here at Kent State, is, is this part of the business school? Is that? No, it, this is not. This okay. is their outreach. This is an executive development, okay. executive training facility. Okay. Um, it just happened to be in the town that you it, live in. It's amazing. Yeah. I would come to programs over here, um, and that's how I became familiar mm-hmm. with, the, with the facility and what they had. Mm-hmm. But it had nothing to do, my involvement had nothing to do with Kent State yeah. at that time. Right. So I thought, okay, these guys, the challenges that they have, if I could tap into Kent State's faculty... Yeah. And into their executive training faculty. Okay. For the parts that you're not strong in. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And now, a quick message from our title sponsor, Supertech University. Did you know 85% of financial success comes from soft skills abilities and only 15% from our technical abilities? Supertech U was created by longtime restoration pros Eric Sprague and Larry Wilberton. Their daily three to five minute videos train your entire company on the soft skills they need to make your business thrive. Plus, your entire team earns IICRC CEC credits, all for about the cost of one tank of gas. 
To get more information about Supertech University and receive a special six-lesson e-course on in-home sales, go to supertechu.com backslash podcast offer. Again, get your free in-home sales training at supertechu.com backslash podcast offer. So I came over, uh, I, I met with uh, the woman who was running it at the time and uh, her acolyte and the another guy, and I don't know exactly what his role was here, but the four of us had lunch in here in the cafeteria. And I pitched the whole idea of the executive summit. Well, I'm, I'm a one-man operation, and they have no clue who I am. And, and you're working in the trades. I'm working in the trades. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that yeah, is very true. Frowned on. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I pitched this idea to them, and they're essentially yawning at the whole idea. And she dismissed me. The gal who was the, heart of the, uh, the head of this thing, she just pretty much, she, she wasn't rude, but she just, she had no interest in it. So she didn't, she didn't even pursue it. Well, I still pursued it. So about a year goes by, and the woman who dismissed the idea left, and now her acolyte is in the, is in the slot. And so I went in, and I pitched it again to her. Well, she and I, I could kind of tell at that first lunch that we were kind of getting along. There was more of a rapport with her. There was more of a rapport well, with and her. Well, and she was getting it. She was getting maybe it. Maybe more so. Exactly. So Kelly Baxter is her name, and uh, she says, yep, let's go with it. You know, I love the idea. And tell me what you need. So uh, keep in mind, it's just one office manager and myself at this time. Well, my wife, she's doing the book, so she's not involved in this piece of it. So are you, are you trying to get people more locally at the beginning? I wasn't. Uh, okay. What I initially wanted to do was, was for my list of clients. Okay. So I was trying to serve my clients at the outset, knowing that I was going to expand it yeah. into the industry in general. Right. And now we're expanding it into... The trades in general. Right. Um, so the, the very first one was just to my clients. So your clients were the only ones that attended to it. In the first They're the place. only ones I invited. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. So I, cause I wanted, I figured, you know what? I'm going to run with it. And if we fall on our face, I want to fall in, f- in front of a small audience. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and, and people who know, like, and trust you. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. So, so meaning the chance of you falling on your face are pretty low. At well, I, but I didn't know. Yeah, no, I understand that. No, but you were doing something credible for them. And I th- I'm sure you were in touch with them, letting them know your intentions and what you were doing. So yes, but that's, well, a, I, that's a big undertaking for three, yeah. three was, people or two huge. and a half people. If, if your wife was, it was not enormous. fully in and you guys know how organized I am or lack of saying. So it all fell on the but woman was who was running my office. You prefaced that she was so organized. Oh, she was organized. So did she quit after the first you one? You know what? There wasn't too many after that. So we put this thing together. We had 60 people. That's you know, a lot. Well, yeah. it, was, it wasn't just the client clients. It was they brought a person oh, or two with them. So okay. Sure, exactly. So there were 60 of us in there. We had two instructors. It was two days. We had two instructors. And the first course that we offered was communication. You know, that's the single smallest unit of work in any in any business. Yeah. And then the other one we had was conflict management or how to how to handle a conflict in an organization. Well both of those instructors knew each other. So they said, Do you mind if we just do both programs together? Oh, okay. No, that's I'd great. love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they did it together. Um, the one was uh, Dr. Holly Bogner, the other one was Marty Peden. And so they did the two day program together and that was it. And I saw, you know what? Clients were giving me a lot of positive feedback on it. They so did you do any instructing at all? None. 
So hang on, were these your two strong suits? Communication and conflict aversion? Conflict avoidance wasn't. Okay. Uh, that was not one of my strong suits. Communication, I always thought I was a great communicator. I have come to learn <laughs> after, many, after a lot of coaching from other people um, that I'm not a great communicator. So that was great. These two courses were as valuable as you expected to your clients. Oh. Well, Chuck, I'm going to guess because I know your disc profile. You were good at the communication going out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's very coming, true. Coming in, maybe. Oh, no, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> I, exactly. I resemble that. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you how that works. Yeah. With a I can partner. communicate this way all day long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your, your office manager was a saint. <laughs> okay, so, so you did she the, was a saint. You did the first one, and, and then but, did you go right into year two? Like, no missed years? Yeah, right, right, into, right into year two, and then I started promoting it. Okay. So we did a pretty sophisticated promotion the first time. I mean, it was pretty laborious and involved. Uh, I don't know how many came to the second one, but it was it was more than the first one. Yeah. And wow. we had, I'm trying to think what the, the second year we had Holly back, Dr. Uh, Bogner back, and we had Scott Tackett come in. Oh, okay. I think we still did two courses that year. Now is Scott... Working, I know Scott comes from the tire industry, right? Is he, that correct? He was still at the tire industry. Okay. He was still so at, how did he come? Because he was an instructor for Kent. Uh, Scott was an adjunct professor at Kent for okay. years. I didn't know that. And he was part of their executive training okay. um, faculty. Yeah. So I had one that I wanted to talk about management. Mm. And they go, well, here's the guy that does it for us. So I met with Scott. Looked good. You know, I told him what I was after. He says, it's fine. We can do that. So he came in and did the program the second year, uh, along with Holly. The one day, Scott did the other day. And then we go to the third year, and we get involved in this thing again. I have Scott come back. Now this thing's starting to grow. I don't know how many we were at that point. Still probably 80, maybe 80, maybe yeah. not even that many. Um, but I found out from Scott, now I had heard from Kelly that Scott had quit while his tire company. He was a senior vice president of admin and human resources. Okay. And so he had left. Um, I knew that it was, a, it was a rough place to work. Right. So he left it, and uh, I was looking for some. I was looking for a consultant at this point. So Scott was your first consultant. He was the first consultant, yeah. Okay. So he was, he was teaching in the theater room back here. And at lunchtime, I'm walking past, going into the lunchroom, and I saw him down there alone. And I stuck my head in, and I said, hey, I understand that, uh, that, you, might be, that you might be looking for a position. And he says, yeah. I says, you know, if you, if you want to talk, you ever want to talk to me, let me know. He says, let's talk. Okay. So after that, then Scott and I got together and he came on board. So, all right. I want, to, I want to go off on a tangent. So you've been a solo operator for a long time, oh, yeah. right? Like how many years? 20. So was that wow, a big, that was that, that a big leap? That was a big stretch for you. Yeah. I was going to say, what, what, what did it, what, yeah, what was, was the, the impetus to, get yeah. you to have somebody else come on board with you? Um, I knew that I wanted to expand ready. it. I was yeah. ready. I wanted to expand yeah. it. You know, that gets into my whole um, mission, personal sure. mission. Personal my mission, my yeah. kids were getting old enough that they were moving out of the house. They didn't need dad there to coach their teams. And You were free to grow. And that was it. A lot. I mean, you know, we can put all kinds of fancy things on that, but that's really what a lot of it was. I'm, I'm there right now. The that's, timing was Larry right. Larry and I, are, that's where we are. Yeah. The timing was right. So, yeah. I mean, really, the planets lined up. Okay. And so... Scott came on yeah, board that summer. being right there like that in that room that you just pop in. That's part of the deal, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, And, and to, he loved. And to get him as your first high. 
I know. <laughs> right. well, I thought I'd hit a home run. Yeah. I still think I hit a home no, run. No, you did. That's my point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, well, it, it, was, it was interesting because he was teaching that management course, and I knew, okay, I really need this with the, with the size that my clients are becoming yeah. and the issues that we had. So it was outstanding. And, and he came on board. And so with, when, prior to Scott, did you feel that your strength zone was the numbers and the financials? Oh, Is yeah. that where, yeah. 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 And then you had to start filling in the more. Yeah, the HR. I'm not a real good guy with HR. <laughs> Who, who is? Well, yeah. That's probably true. Most yeah. owners aren't. But, uh, but Scott, I mean, he was, he was outstanding. And it was a huge leap for him to sure. come on board with this guy. That, well, you've been at this huge company, and now it's two of you. I know. Three it was of you. perfect timing that you caught him where he was ready to make a change, you. and you were just right there to catch him. And, Absolutely. You know. And what he did, though, it was interesting. He fell in love with the people. He had, this was his second summit. And the comment that he would make to me was, I couldn't believe how engaged they were because they all wanted to be here and they were sponges. It's not corporate America. Well, it is not corporate America. I wasn't aware of that, but that was his comment. And as a matter of fact, that's not uncommon to hear from new instructors at the summit. Mm, interesting. They'll come up and just say, I can't believe how engaged your people are. Well, let's get real. Corporate America, you might be there because they're making you be there, that's, not because you want to be that's there. That's exactly what it and, is. Whereas in our world... If somebody's at a summit, they're spending their own money and yeah. buying their own plane ticket they're and probably in their own development. And, and probably, yes. and if they're bringing people that aren't owners, but those are their key people, that those people are engaged. Absolutely. Yeah. Which Absolutely. Is, that makes the classes so much better. Like I oh. sat in Josh, I sat in Josh's more than numbers class today. Okay. And, you know, I could see that Josh was getting stressed because we weren't like making as much progress as he had hoped, but yeah. it was because the conversation was so good. Yep. Like everybody's asking questions like, how do I use this? Oh yeah. Like, you know, I've been a core, I, I worked in corporate America for a very short period of time. There's none of that. Okay. It's like, they just sit there and let, let the instructor go and, oh, yeah. and they go drink at the bar <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Right. So that's yep. what makes these special uh, to me. Well, that's I think my so. Own perspective. I think so too, and I think the instructors pick that up. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's an energy but, you know, to that. Yeah, when they're doing a regular class, and the the feedback that they get, you know, and the attention that they get from different, you know, if you're getting ready, go. Their students aren't going to be as engaged as business owners that are paying. Right. It's not as much the money to come; it's their time and their energy yep. that they're giving. Yep. that's so valuable, and they're just mm-hmm. totally focused. So, at the beginning, though, I take it there was no certification. There was no. So when did that start happening? That's a good question, Eric. I don't know that I would be able to come up with a oh, date yeah. right off the top of my head. But you're right; it was not at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we so even, what was the impetus? That forget the dates. Like, what? How did it morph into that? Because that's a big deal. It's it not, is a it's big not deal. A small thing. And I think what happened was when I saw the success that we were having and the interest in it, I thought, you know what? This is probably bigger than than I originally thought. And so we need to organize it in such a way that we, ad- A, address the key challenges that these guys are having in their businesses, that small businesses have, mm-hmm. and put uh, a certificate on it to, to say, you know what, you participated, you worked on it, and then to take those core classes that they had to take and some electives that they could take and bundle those together and say, once you've done eight of those, then we'll uh, we'll offer you a certificate in small business management. Yeah, 
So that's really when it happened. But I'm, I'm going to say that was probably four, maybe four or five years into it. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's cool. Look, it's like going to college. Yeah. Right? Four yeah. years. <laughs> you well, that's true. Different, yeah. All different classes. Well, that's just simulating here anyway, being at Kent State, Kent this State. amazing facility. Yeah. And it's just very similar to business school. Well, it's interesting. I went to, uh, I went to another university here in Ohio to see about replicating this, doing it at their facility, thinking maybe it's easier transportation in kind of thing to make it more convenient. And I met with the dean in charge of executive training, similar to here. And uh, I took a look at the facilities. It was going to be at their business school. Okay, it's a nice business school, but it's not this facility. As much as I wanted to imagine that, okay, well, we can sit in these classrooms, we can do this. It's not the same as here. And this facility is is just, it's a world-class facility. Yeah. And so, it, we can be mediocre well, when we do also, the management. It's part of your identity for this. It is. Now, like you, Yeah, you can't, you can't distinguish the two. Right. It, right. They're, they're one. Well, they bundle it. I mean, yeah. and that, that's the beauty of it from, a, from a, uh, a host's perspective. It's a great deal because they bundle the food, they bundle the building, yeah. and they have the instructors that are here. Now, they're not part of the facility, right. but they're, they're housed right here. So, I mean, you can tap into that. Yeah, no, so It really cool. makes it easier, easy as an organizer. Yeah. yeah. So, what's, what's next? I mean, it, it doesn't... So, just in your explanation, I mean, being here for the last few years, it doesn't look anything like you described it in the early days. Now, we have many instructors, oh, yeah. many different classes, the, the group is big. Yep. So what's the next phase look like? Are we already talking? That's, that's a great. You know, for the guy that's in charge of long-range planning, you'd think I'd have an immediate answer for that. Eric, I don't have an answer yeah, for okay, you. That's so. fine. He's working on his book. He's yeah. Doing, you know, Chuck's an author. He's got a publisher. I mean, come on. I, I, I Stand back. He's got a publisher, and you're asking him about this yeah. kind of thing. He's got to focus here. Don't distract yeah, him. That's true. I, I should call his manager. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> hey, Tim, come over here. Tim, yeah, Tim. What's going on? We need some input here. Yeah. We'll get Tim in here yeah. later on. We'll ask yeah. him that. That's a great question, though. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, nothing stays the same, as we know. I mean, it might stay the same for a few years, but right. then it will morph somehow. Actually, I was what, one of the things, one of the dreams that I have, you know, is spitballing things, is actually you know, keeping this thing going, but having a smaller one um, where it's a more intimate group. And I'm talking intimate group. I'm talking like 20. Oh, wow. Yeah, very small, but to deal with some really deep topics like ethics, mm. um, you know, that you can't deal with in a large group setting. Yeah. But, you know, we've got to really get some thought, some thought leadership going here. And I thought, boy, that would be really powerful for yeah. small businesses. No, that would, because we all know as business starts to grow and scale, it, it gets more complicated. Oh, yeah, it does. And not just not just running it or the numbers, but... Yep. It's not of, always black and white. There's no, lots of shades uh, of gray in there. A lot of judgment yeah. calls, and then you wouldn't even make the same judgments under this I mean, different... Come on, we, we're all entrepreneurs. How many times have we faced with a decision... And we know what we should do and we know what we want to do. And then we're having the conversation of like, well, what does that look like on the outside? And, and are we really being honest or are we just, we want this outcome. So we're going to paint it that way. Yeah. Right. And yeah. 
you know, and, and the ramifications of those decisions. You got to think about that. On yeah, a regular basis. no, it's not. I mean, yeah. doing the right thing is not always, like you said, cut and dry or black and white. Mm-mm. No, and it's perception too, because you know you're looking at your people. Like, what are they going to think about this decision? Like, and are will they, they still respect it? me? Yep. And will they view it as ethically as I'm painting it? Maybe they're maybe they're going to see right through it and go, yeah, totally. you know. Well, and yeah. it, especially if they don't have, no, they don't have all the facts either. So, but they also don't, can be. They also yeah. don't have the skin in the game. Yep. They don't have same background. Same background, True. maybe, yeah. exactly. but also they don't maybe stand to gain the same thing. So they're going. In which case, they may be more likely to call me out on something. That's what I mean. Oh yeah, right. They they might be the more honest party. Absolutely. Absolutely. Larry's Ethics conversation is just going to take over. Larry, <laughs> Larry's, Larry's, like, Larry's getting uncomfortable. Oh, it can be. It can take it. Rabbit hole real deep, quick. Thought provoking. Yeah, yeah, this is where we're going. You, you realize you're deflecting right now. No, not at all. Come on. I was the one that had the, uh, you know, I was the, the out, I was the face of the business. Now you're the face of the business now. I was the face of the business then. That is true. See, so there was different thought processes between the two of us just based on the different businesses we have so back then i was probably a little more fast and loose in it than i am right now so that is that's probably true yeah 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 i mean it's it's such a it's not that fast and loose is ethical or unethical or anything like that nobody ever look (laughs) tried to be as honest as we could i think no i mean yeah are there bad actors out there who know they're doing wrong sure of course there are but I think a lot of people are trying to make the right decisions, but to the outside world, it might not look correct. Correct. Yes, exactly. Like, how do you deal with that? Yeah. And that's an outside view that they may not have all the facts. Yeah. Yeah, And that's just different because your employees will always, your team, I should say, your team will always perceive something different than you because they don't always know everything that's going on or the past or the experiences in those same circumstances have led them up to that. So their right. choices aren't going to be. Yeah. It, you know, I'll give you an example. It, it, so we were starting to get bigger and we could tell that our team didn't have a real understanding of money or, or our revenue or the expense that goes with it. So I pulled up a whiteboard in a team huddle and said, okay, we're doing this many million dollars. How much of that do you think Larry and I put in our pocket? <laughs> right? Yeah. And they just looked at us. Every single one wrote on a piece of paper what they thought it was. Okay. Turned it in. And almost to the person, other than managers, the number was 50%. Honest to God. They thought yeah. 50%. So if we're doing... In our pockets. That'd yeah. Great, great. They huh? thought half the money that... Love those margins. Right? <laughs> so then... That's a great margin. So then the next huddle... I sat down and basically recreated the P&L on a whiteboard so that I could point and, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, when they're seeing we're struggling to even get 20%, oh, yeah. it changed their perception of how they viewed us, Yeah, right? Because I thought, I was feeling like they felt that we were greedy and unethical and that every move, every time that I would job cost, thank you, they would be like... <laughs> Eric and Larry are just trying to buy another boat. Interesting. Right? You know, we don't have a boat. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we were going to take boat money, we'd just go buy a bunch of equipment. <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah, and it was just, but 
the feeling we were getting was that they were starting to feel that we were greedy owners because you know they didn't feel that way when we used to still be on the truck and right. oh yeah driving a jalopy but all of a sudden we're not driving jalopies and right. and we're certainly not living extravagantly but like to them it was different sure so you know even that's an ethics issue what does your team think of you and how you live your life like i'm not saying they should have a say correct but at the same time it's an optics thing. It is absolutely an optics thing. I agree with that. So we had to decide, like, all right, well, our way of coping with that was let's train them. I, I would agree with that. You know, I love the strategy. But then not everybody would do that. Everybody would be like, well, it's my money. I do whatever I want Correct. with it. And if they don't like it, they can lump it. it, it yeah. And I think a lot of that has changed uh, over the years. Um, I you, think there's- You think that's a generational thing? I don't know. Well, you know what? Gener- I'm sure generational thing plays into it. I guess I'm just thinking um, a maturing, a m- maturing of business, and maybe even a shifting, a shifting of over the years, a, a gradual shifting of perceptions over time. Mm. Where before that was perfectly acceptable to say, "This is mine; it isn't yours." Yeah. Okay, we're, yeah it's we're, not the culture at it, all. It is way. not the culture yeah. anymore. Now, is that a generational thing? I'm sure it played into it. Yeah. But I mean, I think well, it's many things. Yeah. Yeah. We're dealing with when you think about it, we're dealing with uh, I use the expression, the best, the best read, the best educated worker in human history. Yeah. And so they're well read yeah. and they're well informed. You don't even have to read anymore, but you can be well informed sure. or opinioned out, out, you know, to mm-hmm. death. And I think that that's causing a lot of those shifts. Yeah. Which I, I don't think it's bad. No. I mean, we didn't know about it at the time, but if we had known that something like the great game of business existed, we would have done it. Yeah. Um, Jack Stack. I even modeled a, years ago, I I modeled a a bonus program for clients based on that. Yeah. So sharing information. Yeah. Yeah. No, it works. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the things that we realized was the more information we gave them, the more buy-in that we would get. It's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and that's not my nature. Like, I'm, I, I, at heart, I'm a kind no, of... No, not at all. I was pushing for it constantly. And yeah, no, that's true. I was like, I, I was grew up in a family where you didn't, dis- you know, your business was your business yep. and, and you so didn't did discuss stuff and nobody needed to know anything yep. <laughs> about anything. And, you know, Larry did, Larry's 100% correct. He was pushing me to be more transparent and vulnerable with the team. And I... I'm not wired that way naturally and grew up in a household where you just didn't do that. And it took me a long time. Larry really had to push, but once I started doing it, I saw immediate results. You got a button here. (coughs) Yeah. I hit that button there. (laughs) He's having a fit. See, I said vulnerable. It's, it's I just choking him up. You can't even, you can't even <laughs> say the word. Yeah. <laughs> He's just breaking into a sweat right now. Oh, my gosh. I'm going through it again. Yeah. His I, had to, I had to show we I saw it once. Now I'm seeing it again. This is crazy. Years later, I'm so amazed. Yeah, well, I remember Chuck Larry be like, we got to show him the numbers. I'd be like, no way. No, yeah. we don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Larry would be like, no, we, we do. To get them to buy in, we do. So yeah. what we did some of that, and then we did the great game of business with uh, the company that brought us. And it was um, it was very interesting how people don't know 
a P&L or a balance sheet. Right. And you, it was very fun watching people learn line items, gross profit, um, net sales, and all those details. I mean, I can get into it in detail, obviously. But it's just not educated in the United States to our kids. Right, right. And there's that game by... Uh, there's a game... Uh, Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki, no, Robert Rich, Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. Yeah, he's got a game that he teaches it. What is it called? Cash flow game? something. Cash flow game. I was not aware of that. It's a board game you play, like Monopoly or something like that. Okay. And you have a P&L and you have a balance sheet and you learn it. And I try to get my kids to buy in a bunch of times. I didn't push hard enough. Interesting. But um, it was a great concept that he had. And I was going to buy the game. It's like 80 bucks a game online. It's not a cheap game at all. Yeah. Or a board well, game. his costs are <laughs> <laughs> marketing budget's high. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, it was just something that I was very surprised, and I guess when I was learning it as well, because it wasn't talked to me young. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. You know, it's accounting that you're looking at, and it's a concept that you've got to grasp and understand. Then you throw in the cash flow into it, and a cash basis and accrual basis, and it yep. just tweaks. And you got to wrap your mind around these details. It was very interesting. Watching everybody learn it. Well, it's interesting, you know, we talked about my dad passing last year. My dad was like the king of not telling anybody anything. Is that right? Oh, yeah. So he had all this investing he was doing. So I, I remember he left me no notes, no, not, no I mean, not, essentially nothing. <clears throat> and uh, I remember I, I, I found who his stockbroker was. So I call him up and, hey, can you send me the stuff? And I I said, is this everything? And he goes, to the best of my knowledge. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting all these dividend checks from all over the place. And I'm like, I have no idea. Is that right? But I grew up in a house where it's like, your business is your business. My mother didn't even know. No idea. But that was that generation, too. Yeah. 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 Well, my dad grew up in, in a household that, I mean, my dad was born during the Great Depression. Yep. So you hid your money in a jar in the barn. Yep. And he lived his life that way. Oh, yeah. But, you know, back to business. Did you find a jar of money in your garage or anything like that? I actually that? did. <laughs> <laughs> I should have cut the mattress open. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and, uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, for us who grew up with, parents who thought that way to go into business and, and everything's changing and all of a sudden we're supposed to change. <laughs> yeah. Not easy. No, it's not easy. And, and then when you, have, when you have people working for you who are expecting you to continue to change, you're yeah. thinking, well, wait a minute, who's the boss here? Yep. Right. Okay. But if you're going to grow an organization, you have to become more right. accustomed to, to that push. Well, you see this. I mean, you see this more than anybody. The owners... That shut everybody out. They stall out at a million dollars. Yeah. Like they just, there's not enough of them to go around. That's what it is. And, exactly. And they don't try, they, they don't let anybody in enough to ha- really help. Correct. And they just stall out. Yep. That's why we're, that's why we're here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, this is whatever. I'm sorry. I was looking at something on the board. There was a light there. I didn't understand. Oh. <laughs> you guys were looking at me. That doesn't sound, sound good. good. Oh, going what on? happened? We just lose the whole thing? No, no. We're still here. It's all good. <laughs> Hey everyone, Eric here with Blue Collar Nation Podcast, and I would just like to take a moment to talk about my 
favorite magazine for the cleaning and restoration industry, and that is CNR Magazine. I've been a longtime reader of CNR Magazine, and now my good friend Michelle Blevins has purchased that magazine and is growing it at an amazing rate. So if you're in the cleaning and restoration industry, you will be excited to hear that not only can you get CNR Magazine digitally, but you can also get it for free in print form, actual paper where you get to sit on your couch and read it which if you're my age, that's appealing. So all you have to do is go to cnrmagazine.com and that's C-A-N-D-R magazine.com to get your free subscription and it's even in print. So if you want to stay on top of what's going on in the cleaning and restoration industry and he, you know, get to see a lot of cool articles by a lot of very smart people, go to C-A-N-D-R magazine.com all right real real quick chuck we don't want to keep your whole night here but we know you have a book coming out yeah we we do we want you to come on the show the full show but but we'd love to tease the listeners what what, what's going on so what's what's the follow-up to uh to the last one to the entrepreneurial conspiracy entrepreneurial conspiracy yep published a couple years ago love that that book yeah um this one is a collaborative effort now the we actually got a publisher a real live publisher for this one, it's called Business Express Press. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah we're, we're real thrilled. Seriously. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and they love it. And so uh, it is scheduled. Uh, the, the working, t- well, the title of the book, okay, is Forging Dynasty Businesses, the Competitive Edge of, Endear- of Enduring Teams. Oh, very cool. It is. And it, it, it's, uh, it's a long title, but it really describes the book. And the book is book, it's based on our Culture Forge program. Um, this is a condensed version of it. Uh, a couple of years ago, we published internally a, uh, uh, a program called Culture Forge. Uh, we, were, we saw the whole challenge with finding good people and keeping good people. And we realized, you know what, there's no sense in trying to fix the rest of the world. Why not try to fix what we can control? And so that's how we address the book. So it goes into 13 different chapters that deal with 13 different parts of your business, basically with culture, as well as recruiting and all those mechanical things that you can take a look at. Mm. Um, There is an an analytical uh, tool at the beginning of the thing where you can answer questions and it'll point out, okay, here are probably, read this chapter, read this chapter, so you can go into the chapters and we give uh, remedial things in the chapters. Right now, after we published that internally and we're selling it, uh, we went and developed an app, and we had an app developed for us. Mm-hmm. And last year at the summit, actually, we introduced the app. So now there's an app that you can download, and you can go on. You can do the an analytical tool, answer the questions on there, and it'll pop it up. It'll it'll go into the to the document and pull up the things that you can do within your business in order to resolve those issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, so. that's pretty intuitive. Well, it is, yeah. and that's how we tried to. That's how we tried to create it, um, and so that's, that's. And now the book is part of that whole book, exactly right. process. So it's scheduled. Um, I just got a, an email from the publisher today, actually, saying that uh, the gal who's in charge of uh, producing the thing, actually having it printed, production, mm-hmm. uh, is wanting to move it forward now. So we're expecting it to be in print 
by the end of this year or first quarter of 2024. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty pretty excited. Maybe maybe Christmas presents for hey, everyone around. I like that. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So you said it was a collaborative effort. It is. So who who The consultants. Uh, okay, so you guys as a team right. wrote this book. Yeah, I think there's four four or five <clears throat> of us internally uh, who were there at the time that that uh, contributed to writing this thing out. Okay. Very so, cool. Yeah. Well, we yeah, look forward to it. Pretty excited. Love yeah, to have you on. Everybody buy that book so we can uh, support Chuck's signing bonus for that Th- book. You thank know. you. you know, the publisher <laughs> and the big bonus that you got. That's exactly. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure the big bonus. Yeah. <laughs> my my kids will love that for Christmas. Oh, I bet they will. <laughs> my, my 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 kids who uh, you know do spray tans and English teacher. <laughs> There you My go. spray tan kid will. She'll love it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's in her realm. Yep. The other one, not so much. Yep. Oh, that sounds wonderful for all entrepreneurs out there that it can benefit them. Oh yeah. 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 That all would right. be great. Well, thanks, Chuck. Appreciate. Hey, your thank time. you guys. Always uh, appreciate always you fun. guys. Yeah. Thank you so thanks much. for having us. Appreciate right. that. Right. All right. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Nation podcast. For more information on what Eric and Larry do please visit www.morningtechmeeting.com or visit us on our Facebook page, Blue Collar Consulting. Thank you and see you back here next week with another amazing episode of the Blue Collar Nation podcast.